0: Rick Madison, Rick and friends, welcome to the show, and thank you for listening. Uh, today we have, we're going north with today's show, and uh, this is a friend of mine, I've known him for years. We've uh, we've encountered each other at different events, but I thought, hey, listen, it is now time for us to sit down and, and chat face-to-face. Um, so John Parrott is with us, and John I I know you listen to the podcast, so thank you for doing that. Um, Give everybody a, a 30 second on your title, what you do, all that kind of stuff.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me on the big show here, Rick. So uh, hopefully this is, I don't know, episode 90 maybe? Amazing to you that we're crossing the threshold.
0: We're going to get close to that century, Mark, and I'm so excited to get there.
1: It's going to be a big show. The big show will be a big show for the century.
0: Bigger and biggest. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But this is big.
1: This is big. First for me. First time on a podcast. I, so I guess the analogy for the terrestrial radio is long-time listener, first-time caller. So here we are. First-time
0: guest, long-time listener. Yeah. yeah,
1: something along those lines. We're going to have to get hey, this is where we're at. So, uh, so my role, I'm the manager of economic development and tourism for the city of Vernon. And so our role is to uh, entice people to come to explore Vernon, stay for the night, explore our trails, our parks, uh, some of our fantastic outdoor activities, our cart, uh, culture and arts, so that's one component to it. Hopefully that experience is so fantastic that people want to invest in our community. So then the second part is how do we help facilitate and support uh, new investment, new entrepreneurs in the community, uh, work with existing businesses to help them to overcome some of their challenges uh, from day to day? How do we help reduce the number of steps? Uh, and a third part for us, uh, which is really unique in my portfolio after I guess is year 12 of economic development, is I've got a dedicated city planner that works as part of the economic development team. So we really focus on supporting entrepreneurs and investors on commercial and industrial from initial conversation, something just like this, maybe over a cup of coffee, hey, I'm thinking about this, what about Vernon? How could this fit? Right through to getting them to building permit in with a single point of contact with a real focus. So it's been an exciting time to come to Vernon. I've been there uh, about a year and a half and I was really excited to go up there based on that model and what opportunity was uh, under that department.
0: Because you came from West Kelowna, did you not? Yeah, I
1: spent ten years in West Kelowna and got my start here, uh, working for the Downtown Business Association, doing marketing communications as a as a fresh-eyed uh, Okanagan College student. Nice. And then uh, took a jump into uh, executive director for three and a half years. And then when a, a mentor and great friend of mine said, "Hey, there's an opportunity across the lake to make the jump into economic development," Robert Fine, uh, it was time to make make a, a jump there. And so had a fantastic ride in a community that was just uh, just starting. And I think looking back upon it, it's such a unique opportunity to join a startup municipality. I think naively thought, oh, when I joined there, they were three years old. Hey, these are great. I grew up an entrepreneurial family, businesses at year three, like they've crossed the hump, you're ready to go. Uh, but there they were uh, with lots to learn. And so my portfolio there didn't anticipate tourism to begin with, but we kind of lobbed into tourism. And so we used that in combination with economic development to increase the reasons why you'd come across the lake and that was sort of where I got the start and how we got rolling on tourism.
0: So it seems uh, interesting to me that you have a tourism and business development in, in one title and I, I think that's maybe specialized to to Vernon is that true
1: yeah that's true I think in most communities across the province you look here in Kelowna or down to Penticton traditionally uh, destination marketing organizations tourism marketing are with a not-for-profit society so tourism Kelowna travel Penticton Uh, Vernon's a little bit different and I think it works really well as it's integrated within our department so we're still funded in the same way that tourism Kelowna is or travel Penticton or those other communities Uh, so we Have a hotel tax when you stay on there. You'll see a little destination marketing fee, and we collect that gets collected and remitted to us. And so we work on behalf of the tourism industry, but we're just housed under uh, local government. And so we have uh, an ability to be responsive to the industry and what they need. We have some of the support services inherently built into a local government uh, that allows us to uh, progress forward and also integrate into some of those things that. Uh Um, I think as a destination marketing organization, we can leverage. So, for example, you know, I think people come to a community, they spend a lot of time parks and beaches and trails and those types of things and those are owned by the residents those are the local government and so we have a greater tie in how can we help support that increase awareness uh increase you know visitation to those so again hopefully in the term we've been hearing a lot of lately is they're not really visitors they're just temporary residents and so hopefully we can help translate those into (laughs) long-term residents so I always start with conversations uh Rick were you born in Kelowna (laughs)
0: i was not
1: and so what was your first time coming to Kelowna? vacationing so there you go and so how many how many times of vacation before you thought hmm i wonder if we could make it here what what was the impetus
0: and, and what was interesting about that is you know i think i spent the first year here working thinking i was on vacation yeah <laughs> <laughs> it sounds weird but but the mountains for a flatlander oh yeah i am from the prairies i'm driving around going uh, oh no, I, I live and work here, and mm-hmm. you know how special that was. But you're right, your first, you know, your first foray into a region. Do I like it? Do I like the people and that kind of thing? And then that turns into something where people want to come back. So I I totally get where you fill the funnel. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are listening to this, going, okay, well, aren't you supposed to be uh, local centric and and focused on local? But part of it is, and the reason why I wanted you on the show is. Vernon, Kelowna, like you must as a, as a as a corridor as a valley, we probably work together on a lot of things. And you said you were in in Kelowna today dealing with uh, Kelowna tourism, and I think that's that's part of this is that, you know, and and it came up during the election cycle. Is a lot of things should be. There should be more communication than... And I'm not saying we don't, but there should be as much communication because as a region, we're trying to attract people. Absolutely. Yeah. So working in concert with them is probably one of your your mainstays, I would think.
1: Yeah, I think we look to... We look to attract people, you know, first and foremost, to the Okanagan, right? And I think there's probably a broader market awareness in places like Calgary or Edmonton or Vancouver, the greater mainland, you know, the lower mainland is our, you know, is our primary markets for us. Um, and so... I think what people envision the Okanagan has very broad definitions. And sometimes in local government and in our worlds, we have very defined boundaries that are not necessarily like, you know. uh, The interesting example I always think is, you know, Big White markets itself as being in Kelowna, BC. They're actually like, from a governance perspective, are in a different regional district. So if you own a piece of property at Big White, your property taxes head, I think, to Grand Forks. They don't head to Kelowna, right? And so, but it's the perception and where people sort of make that connection to, Uh, I think we're you know, super fortunate in the Valley with the Kelowna International Airport, especially for us in the North Okanagan, that um, that we have that level of air access, uh, not just for visitors, but also as residents and what we can connect to. But within that, there's a connection point about the name Kelowna that probably encompasses a much broader. So sometimes I'll say to people when we start talking about this is, you know, when was the last time you went to you flew to Vancouver and spent the weekend there? And then tell me what you did and they kinda of go through and it's like, Well, first of all, you flew into the Vancouver International Airport that's actually in Richmond <laughs> right and then I got on the sky train I went to this really big mall well, I was out in Burnaby right and then we took the train back and then we went over to the North Shore and we did this and that and rode the tramp I'm like great so the only really time and then you know the weekend finished and we got back on the, the train and went to, went back to Richmond and I said well the only time you're actually in Vancouver was on the train. you didn't spend a lot of time in Vancouver but the perception around that and so I think in the Okanagan, you know the Okanagan or larger Kelowna context there's a component of you know in that higher level of thinking is hey we're going to the Okanagan, we're going to Kelowna for the weekend, but where they actually land within there um, might be, might be different, but it's just that initial sort of, cause it's a, it's a point on the map, you know, into there. So, if,
0: and, 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 sorry to cut you off, no. um, cause I'm going to interrupt a lot cause that's the way I know, <laughs> uh, but is there sorry. any kind of stats that you can kind of give people a basis? Because I mean, obviously you, you need that and those measurements to figure out strategies and mm-hmm. tactics and that kind of thing. Where are people fundamentally coming from to the valley? Like, are they, and I've, I've heard different things about, you know, Vancouver is, is a big one. Obviously, the prairies, uh, Edmonton, Calgary. But, but what kind of statistical data can you share that kind of give yeah. you an idea for the, the valley?
1: So I think what's been really interesting is in the last five years in our world, there's a bunch of new... Uh, ways we can look at and understand visitation, and one of the big uh, big ways we've been able to do that is to work with a company like Telus. They have a product called Telus Insights, and so every time a cell phone comes in and out of your community, it can. It can it can go as part of this larger database. So we get an understanding of visitation, how many nights that they're there for based on the cell phone. It's all generic. I can't look up to figure out where Rick Madison is. That's not what it is, but we'll get a generic number that says... Just
0: follow my
1: Instagram. Exactly. Exactly. It's a lot of people on Instagram to, take, to, to keep track of. Um, so when we look at that, we can start quantifying the numbers of people that are coming in, if they're staying for a day or three nights and where exactly they're coming from. So it's... It's probably one of the better tools we have. I always like to say it's more of an indicator than an absolute, because there's going to be some you know, methodology changes as they keep evolving their product into there. But it gives us an idea. So in 2019, pre-pandemic, we had about 900,000 you know, unique visitors that came into the community. And that's not all overnight stays. That's not necessarily people that are there strictly for vacation. Those are just people from outside the region. Uh, and, uh, 2020, I think that number was down dramatically. We rose back in 2021 to about 800,000. And this year we're expected to exceed that 900,000 range. Uh, but in those, and I'm a great example, like we don't know, for example, if I commute from Kelowna to Vernon, so I come out of the region into the region, do I count in that million <laughs> part of that million count into there? But at least it gives us an idea of what it is. And so within that, we can then look at origin of where they're from. And so from that data, we look. At, we see about 75% of our visitors come from the greater Vancouver area, about uh, 20% uh, comes from Alberta, uh, and the remainder from across Canada uh, from there, and then a very small proportion into the US currently. Now, I think for us in Vernon, and again these unique geographical boundaries that we kind of draw into ours maybe doesn't include, for example, Silver Star, which might have a larger international reach from Australia, from New Zealand, from Washington, uh, and part of that. So those numbers I think help us to at least get an understanding, and it helps us to then drive and connect back to some of our marketing uh, decisions on what we're doing. So when you probably you've worked with students in the past, you say, hey, we used to do it based on gut feel. We had some, yeah. we had some of these ideas, and now Now we're able to start targeting a little bit more and then measure to see if the impact and investment we're making is generating more or if we start to hit sort of saturation point. We're probably going to get the maximum number, so we need to start looking at new markets to open up uh, and maybe invest more in and, and increase more visitation for that and at what times of year.
0: So if I was to look at a pie chart, and it looks like a certain amount is technology, a certain amount is manufacturing, a certain amount is retail, and and you look at the pie chart for the business makeup for Vernon. If I was to to draw another pie chart, and I had um, maybe an idea or a thought process of where I want to go, this is my blue sky of what I want to see that Vernon with diversification of business look like, do you work from that? In other words, we might, and I wouldn't say you favor anybody, but let's say somebody from the tech sector came in, clean energy, would you maybe, is there is there tax uh, benefits that that person, because you're really trying to attract that segment. Is, it, is there any kind of movement or flexibility for you for that to, to try and make sure that, that that business lands in Vernon?
1: That's a great question. So I think from a local government perspective, we have a limited, so when you work for a local government we have the community charter which kind of guides what we do and that means that my job in british columbia looks very different than what my job might look like in the united states as an example so in the united states i might actually have a budget of incentives that I'm my goal is to get the maximum amount of rate of return on that yeah but also to that business hey come come here we can help give you money towards you know x or y or a reduction into those so for us in in Canada especially in British Columbia we don't really have incentives from that traditional sort of standpoint. So you hear about Amazon's gonna move here and people are gonna give them a billion dollars worth of tax incentives, right? Like I always chuckle because it's like you you know, you hear about in my network of people, they'll have their city managers ask them, Are we gonna go after? It? It's like, no, we can't even compete, you know? Um but I think the what councils do look like and what we can do within is is generally um sort of there's there's like the soft supports that we can help provide. So I talked earlier about having a dedicated planner to focus on commercial and industrial projects with a sort of a point of contact to help uh, just make that process as smooth and as straightforward and as consistent as we can. So I think for us, that's, that's a way that we help set ourselves apart. So when we meet with investors or developers or local building owners and local businesses, we can help guide them through that with some maturity uh, through that. We do have a limited number. Our, our toolbox is very small. So in Vernon, if you'd like to develop in our downtown, uh, we have some uh, property tax incentives uh, for that. So it's a, it's a 10-year program. And so uh, if Rick Madison decides you're going to buy a property in downtown Vernon, and it's $500,000. So if you tear it down, we're going to basically freeze that value at $500,000 for the next five years. So you're not going to pay more, even if you invest another hundred or uh, invest another million dollars into it, and now have a property worth 1.5 million. We're we're going to hold that tax line at 500, and then the second five-year period, we're going to incrementally bring it up. So, it works really well for. for people who are owning the business or owning the property and investing in it and are going to be there you know, longer term, if they're going to lease it out on a commercial or industrial side, it does help from a business perspective in the fact that their triple net will be a little bit less. Right. We have other programs focused on attracting and encouraging uh Rental development in our community, because that's, you know, like many communities, housing is is so intrinsically tied to business uh, investment and attraction and growth. And so we do have some programs there that will focus on reducing some of the fees. And again, we're not we're not this isn't brand new. We're not, you know, record setting necessarily into there. Lots of communities across B.C. will have those. Uh, and I realize that those are not, those are probably not the difference makers. Those aren't going to be like, oh my goodness, it's 40% cheaper to do something in Vernon than it is in Kelowna. We're flocking there, right? Um, and so that's always the tricky part, right? Like glass can go up 4% and, you know, the, whatever incentive we have it really doesn't make a difference into there. But I think it does speak to uh, how the community looks to support and focus on some of those things. But if back to your central question around how do we help support specific industries or to go in and target that, I always start with what's the labor force that we have? What can we support now, right? We'd love to have a, could you imagine if, you know, Tesla said, we're gonna go into the Okanagan, but by the way, we need 25,000 employees to, right. to do this. Like we we probably don't have that capacity. Okay, all of Lake Country's now gonna work for Elon Musk at Tesla, right? Like it just doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, but I think incrementally what we see is What are the supports that we can help provide either, um, and a lot of those are indirect kind of supports uh, to kind of work along with those. So working with Accelerate Okanagan, if we have a tech entrepreneur that comes into the community, what can we do to help support them, right? And I think sometimes it's the supports we can provide, and this would be no different than the Central Okanagan Economic Development Commission. We try and help reduce the number of steps. So if we can help make those connection points for them, so they're not getting chased all around town, it's like, okay, here's three, you know in the next three steps you're probably going to get to the answer so that you need that we see is a big help along the
0: lines yeah because it going got to be a little bit frustrating because let's say you do have a great conversation with somebody from calgary that wants to open up a, a shop here in mm-hmm. part of the winters and they want to move move here and then they start looking for employees and they start looking at housing opportunities and and you you somewhat run into a little bit of a, an issue which is we can't house the employees that maybe has two or three employees he wants to bring with him and that kind of thing so it, it, I guess it would behoove you to, to start looking at that from a from a global standpoint go how can we figure out this uh, this housing crisis because fundamentally that is going to be a a big impediment to anyone that wants to move to Vernon.
1: I think for any business, not just to move there, but to grow there. Mm -hmm. So if Rick Madison Inc. is already located in Vernon and you've got five employees, but you're trying to find employees six and seven, even that can be a challenge for you, especially if it's um, somebody in your network that uh, maybe you know from Kelowna or Lake Country that wants to move to Vernon because our average house price is 30% less than Kelowna, Mm -hmm. as an example, Um, you still gotta find something that's going to work for them right so I think that those that's going to be you know part of that so our approach my first year and a half there has been how do we help um, start telling the story about what's going on in Vernon what the opportunities are Uh, we have a less than 1% vacancy rate for our rental properties so how do we help talk to potential developers about hey this is where the market need is you know, a less than one percent vacancy rate. Even if we added three hundred, right? What could that look like? Uh, so, the city of Vernon itself is about forty-five thousand people. In the last five years of the census report, we've averaged um, about a two percent growth rate per year. So, we welcome nine hundred, roughly, new residents is what we should expect to do this year. And then if we go back, and this is where we get our napkins out a little bit, and we're still working on getting this sort of uh, really dialed in, but we average about 2.2 people per residential unit in Vernon, according to the census report. So again, we'll just make life easy. We have 900 people that come in. We need 450 new market homes, so it's basically stuff that's not government owned, just to house those new 900 people. Right. So that's a lot actually. That's a lot of like think about that, right? Like that's a lot of you know, that you not building, you know, four hundred and fifty single family homes. That's a combination of people building uh, single-family homes with a secondary suite that might create two units there. Fantastic, right? It might be an apartment building with 40 or 50 or 60 units into there. Um, so so that's part of it. So then we kind of need to, so that's quantifying what the market need is gonna look like and then starting to work backwards. What? How many projects do we have in the pipeline? What does that look like? Do other people are aware of that? Of course, that compounds annually. So I think that's part of our job is to help increase awareness of what the need is in Vernon and to help connect some of those dots.
0: So with your official community plan, is that somewhat laid out? Like, do you work in concert with that plan or is that you're working against it at some point?
1: No, I think the official community plan is really critical because that helps us to identify what our capacity for growth is going to look like, and it's also going to shape a little bit around where we'll see uh, development or redevelopment happen into a community. So in our official community plan, and uh, I'm not a planner by trade, so some of these numbers, I think we're pretty close on it, we have room for about 10,000 more resident like single-family homes in Vernon, right? That's kind of within our growth boundary, and that's going to be sort of our number.
0: Within how many
1: years? Uh, I I think that's just like our, our general growth boundary, the geographical boundary. So however long it takes us to do it. So, I mean, I guess it, um, if we had, if we, if only built single family homes, I guess we'd have what, uh, 20, 20 plus years of, of supply. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Roughly into there. Um, arguably, uh, at the same time, Our official community plan also talks about sustainability and you know wanting to build up like many communities like Kelowna like uh, Penticton Vancouver like building up our urban centers a bit so we get people that are walking more riding their bikes utilizing scooters those types of things um, building these you know neighborhoods versus doing driving all the time so then we see okay well what does that infill start to look like how do we help support that into there Uh, and also I think some wins of the market change people are starting to you know be really interested in what that looks like and the background to all that is is that vernon has a different um it's a different feel it's not Kelowna. you know we, i don't think we're at the point yet that we're going to see a 10 story tower or 15 story tower no, do
0: you tax there?
1: no we don't
0: okay so that's another great growth factor
1: yeah, I, yeah. I think so but i don't know I, i'm not convinced in all these years that speculation tax i mean Oh, no, from dude, a com- from a tax. right but from a community perspective right we want residents I don't think we want a whole bunch of you empty know houses. empty houses yeah. so like that's the part I, I always struggle with is like we want vibrant communities vibrant neighborhoods you want to be Good able to, to yeah exactly so you know do I yeah it's great from a short-term development perspective if it's building a lot of homes and creating a lot of jobs and that's a short-term thing but we're trying to build this more holistic long-term vibrant healthy local economy right so having residents as part of that is really key it
0: it, it is and I think there's something to be said for that but I mean if if uh um there's, there's certain groups that advocate for it because they find it a little bit uh, overreaching. I, I think in some instances, again, I don't know all the complexities yeah. of the tax, but you know, from just from a builder's standpoint, they're obviously not in favor because it could be seen as uh, another, another limitation. Actually.
1: Yeah, it, it could potentially limit the pool of customers, mm-hmm. totally understand their point of view, where they're coming from
0: um that's our first fight I was <laughs>
1: not bad not bad yeah and we're over it that's right we're moving on. on later yeah
0: um, one of the other things that I want to talk about is so how how much communication do you have with City Council like how often do you uh, speak to them do you appear before them like uh, who is your report to and and how often do you stand before Council
1: a great question, so uh, I report to the Director of Development Services uh, in our organization and then she reports to our City Manager which is the lone employee of of our local government. Correct. So from that perspective, my reports are to, uh, Mr. Will Pierce. Uh, and then he presents those to council. That being said, yeah. uh, I usually speak quarterly. I provide an economic development indicator update. Uh, it's something that I think we can do to help share information. Uh, so I've got one going on Monday. So your timing is great. We can probably go online now and see my report. Hey. hey, here we go. Um, lots of charts and graphs, lots of charts and graphs wow, on there. You
0: are a chart and graph guy.
1: That's right. Yeah. Uh, um, So within that, we can help provide a bit of an update. Here's things that we're monitoring. Here's what development looks like in our community. Here's how many housing units have been approved for construction uh, is is one way. So how do we help measure what that activity looks like? Let's look a little bit at the real estate market using uh, data from the Open uh, Data BC portal. So we can kind of have a look at the number of transactions, average price, you know, what's how many are international or local or those types of things, even commercial uh, transactions there. So we're starting to, so we shaped that to kind of have a bit of an understanding of what's going on. We subscribe to a service called vicinity job, uh, job data. And what that does is it scrapes um, job postings within the city of Vernon. So we can actually look at the number of job postings and then what industry they're in full-time, part-time, that information. Um, Because Vernon, the size that we're at in the region that we're at, we don't have our own unemployment rate that's separate so we subscribe to that service to sort of inversely kind of get a, a good read on it so interesting enough in the month of june uh, we we had our highest peak ever we had 900 job postings in the in the month of june in vernon
0: and and so with that being said how many people uh because you must have a stat of how many people are unemployed in the city
1: of Vernon? Yeah, we we, we don't at this point because, again, we don't have the unemployment rate. So we can can probably do some, again, some back of the napkin math where we take, you know, say a a 4% unemployment rate that's within the Thompson, Okanagan region. I'm expecting at the next census report, um, we're going to cross an interesting threshold. So typically you become a census metropolitan area when your main city center within that region crosses the 50,000 population threshold and the larger region crosses a... 100,000 threshold. So, Kamloops is actually one of the newest CMAs in the country uh, with the last census report. So, we're at 45,000, 2% growth rate. So, five years, we should add, you know, arguably another, you know, 8,000 people. That should push us over that. And then regionally, we averaged a 9% growth rate and we're at 90,000 in our sort of catchment area for that. So, that should push us into, the, into that area. And that'll be really exciting because we'll start to have some of that information. Um, again, they're great indicators. They're not perfect. So I think some of the methodology, but it gives us a great insight into what's going on at a local level
0: wow. okay so that and the, these stats are really tools in your toolbox because they give you an idea of direction because one of the things that um, our buddy Robert fine was talking about was how frustrating it is because some of the work he was doing he didn't see the actual results of it for another five ten years like that's that's one of the frustrations of your job is sometimes you can you can really build cultivate this uh, attractive place but some of that work doesn't show up until later.
1: Yeah, I mean at the end of the day I don't I don't create jobs and I don't build buildings. Like fundamentally. So we're really trying to help instill confidence in the community and provide the information for those that that are creative that create jobs as entrepreneurs, uh, those developers to actually build those things. And those do take time to kind of put together. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably if anybody's built a house or, you know, done that, like it doesn't happen overnight kind of thing. Yeah. I think, um, you know, maybe having listened to that episode where Robert talked a lot about immigration, um, and those are two areas that Vernon has got, um, we're one of 11 communities across the country doing this rural Northern immigration pilot project. And so that gives us sort of community-level decision-making on immigration. So we started with a, a three-year pilot project, and uh, we've welcomed uh, about 300 uh, international uh, members of our global community into Vernon, and those are helping. So those are 300 people and their families you know, filling great jobs in Vernon that I think trying to navigate some of the other paths might have not have been straightforward. And that's been a combination of people uh, globally coming to the community, as well as people who are within the community working on temporary work program visas uh, that were able to get permanent residency. So it's, so it's been an amazing thing for us in the city of Vernon. We're also a pilot community for entrepreneurs with the provincial government, uh, focused on welcoming entrepreneurs into our community. And again, so if you were to, you know, if, if Rick, if you and your family were deciding we're moving to France. Like that's not an overnight decision, you know, on so many levels and and what it takes to establish. So um, that pilot project for the provincial side, for the the entrepreneurial has been around, I think about four years now. And so with the interruption with COVID for us, uh, we actually had our first family. They moved from South Africa. They arrived here uh, the first week in November. So welcome to Canada, by the way, it's snowing and minus five in one of our earliest snowfalls, Uh, yeah. Fantastic. So it's um, those, those do take time, right? And it's, it's sometimes it's those consistent check ins. I mean, I think a lot of us have a hard idea of just like moving across the country or moving up and down the valley, never mind like someplace brand new and then to start all over again. But it is exciting to work with those people um, and how they, how they see the opportunity that's here why they're so excited about the community or about the region and what it can mean for their family whether it's you know entrepreneurial opportunity scholastic opportunity for their kids you know uh, safety sense of community like it's amazing that we get to be involved in those so really um, i think i'm so fortunate in the work that i've i do and i've have done for the last you know 20 years is we get we get to work with people that are making things happen right so it's really exciting
0: we're going to be back in a minute with more uh, John Parrott, and, but before, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the D6 Print Studio on Lucky Road. And you know what we should do is we should probably put signs up all over Vernon that say, come to Vernon, work in Vernon, live in Vernon, be in Vernon. Right? That's a strong tagline.
1: I think it? it's like you've worked in marketing before.
0: It's almost like I have. Um, want more local talk then you're in the right place 6 a.m. to midnight every day we talk about local issues with local people the stuff that matters that's uh, news at colonanow.com and Now is running its annual auction right now and it's super fun and super awesome and there's stuff on there that may or may not be from Vernon okay we'll be back in a bit with more John Parrott Okay, back with more John. And so we're talking a lot about Vernon, and again, I have to put the disclaimer here, the reason we're talking is you're part of the valley, okay? You're, and, and it's, it's hands across communities. That's what we're doing right here today. Because um, I, I do think that if, and I'll ask you this question, you can be totally transparent or lie to me, it doesn't matter. But let's say some company came into Vernon and they wanted to go in Vernon. But you, you looked around and, and fundamentally, it, it just, it's not a great fit for maybe a, a variety of reasons. So you call up your counterpart in Kelowna and say. Listen, I'm working with this company. Maybe there's a hybrid system of of maybe one or two locations or maybe closer to your boundaries. Like, is there any of of that kind of work ever come up?
1: All the time. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think first and foremost context of, you know, sort of my, my role in the Okanagan, in the North Okanagan city of Vernon. So yeah, hey, if we can't fit them in the city of Vernon, we have a limited land base. We're like a lot of communities. We have, you know, a lot of development. So finding five acres of greenfield development, not so easy to find. So yeah, ideally we would try and, you know, work with our neighboring local governments, um, you know, our Coldstream, Lumbee, La- you know, Lavington, those types of things. Is there a possibility for that? Um, uh, but if it doesn't, then absolutely, I'm making the call to Krista down the road, you know, at the Central Okanagan Economic Development Commission, or we're talking to the folks in Salmon Arm. Um we want to bring those businesses here. We want to see that investment that's happening, the jobs that are created and how it supports the community. So absolutely. First and foremost, like it's, it's kind of in my mind, it's, it's the Okanagan against the world. This is not Kelowna versus, you know, uh, Vernon and Vernon versus Pentix or salmon Arm. So what's good for all of us, you know, the, the impact, the, the benefit of, of, of investments that are happening in the individual communities and larger in the region, we know there's going to be a movement and dollars are fluid. Right. So even if even if a business chooses to locate because of available land, maybe an Armstrong, a good portion of their their staff might live in Vernon and sure. are paying property taxes to us and supporting our local businesses. So it's a win all the way around, like a rising tide lifts all the boats. We're not just looking to get you know one or two boats going. So we do try and have those conversations, I think, broadly over the years. You know, we do talk about how the Okanagan is positioned relative to other, you know, uh, Vancouver Island, or in the Lower Mainland, or how we're gonna, you know, parts of Alberta. But, you know, fundamentally for most businesses coming down, the two main drivers that are gonna, going to, you know, that we typically do, so one is gonna be market opportunity. Why does this market? And if they're, and then, you know, staff these days is the big question. You know, mm-hmm. do you have the, can you get access to the labor pool to actually serve and build or create what you're trying to do here?
0: And, so with the whole COVID thing and remote-based work, is that been more helpful? Because, I mean, obviously you can have a head office and a lot of the workforce might work remotely and, and it might actually help a head office move there because they go, well, we can pull our people from London, you know, London, England to to wherever. Right. Is, has that come onto your plate as, as a result of COVID?
1: I don't know specifically because of COVID. I think that... Um, by the way, never provide bubbly water. Your when you're not to speak your to. Water. It's nothing Plant. it's it's Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: that's why I always go flat now.
1: Well flat. I that's the way to go. Yes, yes. But yes.
0: I gave you a really big color green. It's, so you have to drink it's a
1: large one and yeah, exactly. This doesn't end until somebody cracks your bladder or yes, okay. Let's okay, back to the question. Yes. Um okay sorry what was the question again
0: (laughs) so i'm just wondering out loud of you have remote base workers
1: right okay
0: and so for somebody like you, that actually might be helpful because then all of a sudden staffing becomes more fluid and now we can get head offices moving here because they can get their people from
1: anywhere. Right. And so, you know, the starting point would be is is likely if the head office is moving here with the de- decentralized staff, it's because the owner wants to live here. It's about lifestyle. Oh, 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Always get to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, our, you know, it's but that's difficult to go out and try and hunt for those to come in. So it's usually that, oh, by the way, we've moved our business here and this is this is what's going i think on the you know the other side of the equation vernon about six years ago actually did it they called it a hidden professionals uh a hidden professional study to try and quantify and understand the number of people that were living in vernon working either as an entrepreneur or for another company remotely this is pre-covid but called Vernon home for a whole bunch of lifestyle reasons, you know, and to try and get a better understanding of what that looked like. So remote workers and that shift has been, I think, interesting for so many communities in the BC interior. People are coming out of, um, you know, in in this window have come out where staff are able to maybe attain housing in a way that they couldn't have before or they've cashed out of larger equity positions and it's changed the lifestyle composition for a family. So maybe you don't need to have both of you working or what does that look like?
0: Lifestyle composition, that's a great... great
1: Yeah, my gift to you here today. So here we go. Uh, Be on a t-shirt tomorrow. Um, No, but I mean lifestyle composition in terms of what's the life that you want to lead. You know, how much time are you spent? I mean we're going to go a little bit off on a tangent here. Uh, but like, you know, it's amazing in Vernon from my office to silver star is 29 minutes and I'm not a fast driver. Really? Yeah. So literally I had, you know, people say like, Oh yeah, it, there's a big dump of snow, silver star. I'll, you know, our meeting, got to move it to 1130 cause I'm going to go ski for two and a half hours, drive 30 minutes down the hill and I'll meet you for a meeting at 11 o'clock.
0: And again, going down rabbit holes here, um, uh I would say Vernon has a couple of things off the top of my head that are spectacular. Silver Star, yeah. Um, with with apologies to Michael J. But Silver Star with that village, beautiful, and I like the terrain. Yeah. Okay, so that's one. Number two is Cal Lake. I mean, Cal oh. Lake is ridiculous, and it's magical. It is.
1: The and water I, is magical.
0: I'm, every time I drive around there and drive around, I'm just stunned by how the the beauty of that. Mm-hmm. So anyway back to you.
1: Okay, so I think the remote side, um, but you know the interesting tricky part is is we add residents into the community and it's fantastic that they come in, but, you know, what's our number one challenge of businesses locally? It's labor, right? And so, you know, I think unpacking this question of like, well, where did all the staff go? What did this look like? Remote work has really started to change that dynamic. So now, um, and we're here in the wonderful, you know, Kona Now studios here, but staff could work here or they could be working at home for, a, you know, for another media company out of Calgary, Vancouver, wherever, right? And so the competition has really changed, right? for employers and what does that look like or transversely hey we're really excited to welcome this family into the community both of them have remote jobs well they're not active in the local economy they're great consumers and perhaps they're bringing you know really fantastic salaries into the community so that's creating a lot more consumer spending but that's increased demand on the restaurants on um on the oil change place on any of those businesses grocery store what does that look like and so but that doesn't help those businesses find their new staff member that goes into it. So I think to me, uh, it's been a great boon for so many communities in the region and it's helped draw people out of the more metro centers. And I think that the question is, in this next phase that we're into, as businesses or some businesses are going, hey, maybe this doesn't work for us entirely for remote work and then those families who maybe relocated they're going to have to make an interesting decision around are we locating back there or are we going to try and see what we can find locally and so i think i think we're in an interesting you know phase i often use the you know the analogy of a pendulum swinging and so we went from remote work oh my god we can we we need to see them every day to the other way f- forced us into that one and goes like okay well hey people are actually responsible to get their work done at home seem very happy but you know geez our team dynamic doesn't work so we're going to kind of go back and find this middle ground so i think that's kind of where we're going to be in this sort of movement where we find uh, a bit of a swing into there and some balance between the two so i am curious to see how this is going to shake out for us
0: um because there's a lot of empty office space in vernon like off the top of your head
1: Sorry, I'm just kind of trying to think through the last time I was on, uh, there's a there's a program called Space List that highlights commercial properties that you can kind of have a look at. And I can only think of a couple office spaces that are probably sitting vacant right now. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. So Vernon's doing okay.
1: Yeah, I think overall, like our, our commercial real estate market is, is doing quite well. I think that the challenge is making sure you've got the right product f- for the right client, right? And so if you were trying to set up Rick Madison Inc, Marketing, and you only needed 1,500 square feet, but the only thing you could find is 5,000 square feet it could sit there for a while. Right? right. So it's not always as easy as to say like, Oh, we have all this excess. So, um, that being said, no, I think our market, we're probably, we're probably ready for some more office development, maybe some more flexible type spaces to go into there. Certainly, um, you know, in our downtown core, we have some buildings that are ready for redevelopment, maybe ready for multi-story, which could be mixed use to allow people, um, to live and work in the same neighborhood, similar to what we're seeing that transformation of the South Pandosian downtown core neighborhoods in Penticton that are happening. So I think we're hopeful to see some of those projects come forward in some of our early conversations. And we've got a lot of the great foundational things that a, a, a neighborhood that you can live in, you need, right? We've got a couple of grocery stores and, you know, several pharmacies and lots of great retail shops and the pet food store. So like all the right things are there. We just kind of need those housing ones to kind of be right in our city center core. We've got a lot of housing on the periphery of our downtown and, you know, Vernon's a little bit more of a compact community. So it could be a five or ten minute walk from the edges to the to the main street that's kind of true. thing
0: and, and are you a slow walker or a fast walker
1: uh i've been accused of being a fast walker it, a it comes driver. a slow driver fast walker Well oh, you were just a, i feel like that's that's just
0: should, a riddle aren't you it's uh, <laughs> isn't
1: that uh didn't didn't cake have a song about that i think they did yeah
0: actually. yeah um so i have a few more questions i want to roll through and i want to forget them so you have home-based businesses in Vernon i'm sure they're spread out all over the community do you ever actively recruit or or say okay what does your growth look like can we help like so mining what you currently have in Vernon cuz they're they know about the amenities, they know about the infrastructure, and, and these are people that maybe want to go to the next step. Are, are you that office for them, too?
1: I think we could be one of those offices. So if we do have outreach from those businesses to try and help us, you know, site selection or, hey, we think we've outgrown this or, you know, on the rare occasion that maybe that business is is outgrowing their space and we get notified, you know, due to bylaw. Hey, there's been a lot of cars in and out of here and parking on my streets terrible. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you can't have seven staff in your office and yeah Um, so I think from that perspective yeah we would be that first stop and Vernon's a really fantastic community we have a lot of support services like business support services we actually have the largest community features office in the province of BC Uh, Leah Horsfield and her team do an amazing job Uh, so they they provide a whole range of support services a very active chamber of commerce a great downtown Vernon business association and a number of uh, and we've got uh, the the Vernon uh, Innovation and Entrepreneur Workspace The View, which is down next to Martin's uh, Brewery. It's a project of Accelerate Okanagan so a lot of entrepreneurs from home-based are starting to make that shift into there similar to how Accelerate Okanagan has got their offices there. We've got three co-working offices in Vernon. So we're starting to see a lot of that movement and people sort of making those steps out and about um, as they're incubating and some, some businesses are, are always going to be home-based businesses and that's okay right? Um, For what they do, the the services they provide or where their client base and how they go reach them. Um, It's in our, it's in our work plan to sort of dive into that more in the first quarter of 2023 to go in and have a look. Um, I think home-based businesses from a broader community perspective are probably the area where we see a lot more business growth, uh, especially if you go through a time period where you don't see a lot of new commercial or industrial development. So that just becomes an easy place for people to start from. Mm -hmm. Vernon really, We've got a number of light industrial projects uh, happening out off um, uh, sort of behind the Prestige uh, in in there. So there used to be an old auto wrecker yard. So we've got, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we've got a couple of big projects there um, that we're really excited to see that sort of come in. So those are some, you know, redevelopment of of sites that are probably underused. So we're really excited about what that's going to bring for entrepreneurs and create spaces. Up on Silver Star Road, another light industrial project that has welcomed a whole range Range of of uh, small businesses, even sign shops, that kind of get you know announced on here periodically. Uh, so those create those types of spaces for for entrepreneurs to kind of come in and to get established.
0: Okay, so you're you're chatting with someone, and uh, what would be thirty seconds? What would be your pitch to them on why move to Vernon and and be a part of Vernon? Like, give me give me your elevator pitch.
1: I think we start with. Uh, the baseline of, of Vernon, you still get a bit of a small-town feel, like relative to the Okanagan with a lot of great amenities that are both within Vernon and within a very short drive. So depending on uh, family situation, uh, depending on what your business needs are, we've got Okanagan College and Jane Lister and her group do an amazing job to, to really connect between programs and services. We've got a larger service area, and we're the, sort of the regional hub basically from Revelstoke Inn. Uh, major hospital, great expansion of services that are going on, at Vernon Jubilee Hospital, um, you know, airport just down the road, which is fantastic, you know, a 35, 40 minute drive, depending on where you're at. Uh, and then I think the big thing that we're talking a lot about is and threading the needle is really around housing attainability in the North Okanagan for staff is going to be, there's a lot more options there and a fuller range. Uh, and then the compactness and interesting sort of geography. So if you want to have a rural lifestyle and be 12 minutes from your office, that's totally doable in Vernon in a way that some of our other communities be because of their growth and where they're at, don't necessarily have those same access points too. So, you know, I think real estate more attainable for both commercial and industrial, for housing, uh, and what does that look like in terms of attracting talent and business to drive drive your growth? I think if you're in a business that requires a lot of transportation logistics, we'd also talk a little bit about being, you know, we're 45 minutes to an hour closer to the Trans-Canada Highway, you know, in Salmon Arm and rail service in, Revelst- or in Kamloops as well. So depending on the business and what you're doing, there's there's a number of factors. So usually our conversation is as we get to know who they are and what they're planning on doing, uh, we try and make those connection points on things that we think are going to be really relevant for them.
0: You did good. You did good from a marketing standpoint. I, I mean, Listen, yeah, and, and you're right in the throes there, mister. Um, Better is always possible. Big wins. What, you've been at the job for… 18 months. 18 months. So ha- has there been a big win that you brought the whale in? Uh, has there been that moment has there been that
1: oh you know i i don't
0: no you should
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I always think economic development and the role that I play, it's a lot more in a game of inches. You know, we want to incrementally do this. It's not necessarily about the one.
0: You want to go to the, you want to go to the old red zone and you want to bring that puppy in. You want to bring that rock across the old. uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think though, in terms of our world, sometimes um, the satisfaction of what you get, um, it can, it can be the small entrepreneur that you've been working with for a long time that gets them up and open. It's about seeing maybe a building that's been vacant for a long time, Become uh, something new, get a reuse or a reinvestment into it.
0: Um, so, so what's a win? Give me a win. come on.
1: what what's
0: in the a- last eighteen months? what has there been a win for you?
1: Well, I think for our team, we certainly have driven a lot of development application for commercial industrial that's that's brought forward, and we'll see some of those projects as light industrial spaces. I think that's been a big win for us. I think we've done uh, outreach um, to help increase understanding of opportunities in Vernon uh, with with our and contacts in the in the Okanagan, and that's been a big win. We're starting to see people have a different uh, different view on Vernon and what the opportunity. News are and that's resulting in phone calls and introductions coming into our office and that's really exciting for us so we get people that now go okay we know we can make a phone call we've got a trusted partner in there on a tourism perspective the team has done an amazing job coming out of COVID welcoming more visitors than we've had in the past that's come in uh, we've recently renewed uh, our five year uh, term with our industry so they signed an uh, agreement last summer or this past summer uh, to support and to have the funding that that hotel tax to continue to come to us for the next five years and within that is our new five-year tourism strategy which sort of charts our course for the future so unbelievably uh proud of of Tori Silverthorne our manager of tourism and the team there for bringing that one home and really you know Charting a course for us that's really exciting in the next five years in terms of who we're going to attract and how we want to grow and develop and how we are uh, adjusting our course a little bit. You know, I think for us, one of the main one of there's sort of four or five sort of key takeaways, but the interesting one and probably very topical to this is a bit of a a switch for us to face a little bit more south. How do we really engage as much into um, into the into the Okanagan more so than you know uh, northward, sort of into the Shuswap. I think that's gonna be an interesting one for us.
0: And, and, And is there, when you're developing these plans for marketing, do you ever talk to your Kelowna counterpart and say, hey, we're going to be targeting Washington State, Vancouver, uh, Alberta, you know. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, to try not to overlap too much with what you're doing.
1: Well, I think it actually goes further than that. So we oftentimes will partner and collaborate on a number of projects. We'll come together with uh, Tourism Kelowna, uh, Travel Penticton, uh, other communities, Destination Silver Star, which is a new destination marketing organization located up at Silver Star, to pool our funds together and even go after grants that will then turn into programs and services and marketing efforts. So that happens quite regularly. We see it happening more and more uh, across the board. Again, I think, you know, conversations we want to continue to have is how do we develop itineraries to move people in and around the Okanagan? So I think what's exciting to kind of look if you sort of you know, take your marketing hat off and really think about the customer experience or the visitor experience is that there's common threads that draw us to the Okanagan. There's going to be unique experiences you can have in the North Okanagan, Central Okanagan, South Okanagan. How does that factor into your multi-day stay here? I mean, ultimately for us, it's about multiple nights, multiple days, spend more time here, spend more money into that. But those are all going to be unique in what they do. I mean, the potential of the Okanagan Rail Trail and getting that final Connection hopefully opened up coming up this summer. Um, Imagine getting off, getting off the plane and getting your e-bike and you're going to hang a left for your first two days and go explore the Kelowna marketplace And then your travel day in between, yeah, it's 50, 56 kilometers between communities or 54 kilometers. That's the only thing you have to do today. You need to ride by two lakes, three lakes, really, Mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of great restaurants, wineries, everything in between on this unbelievable rail trail set against the lake and then land in Vernon.
0: It's like a magical day. Yeah, right?
1: Multiple days, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, right? And then longer term, what does that look like fitting into Salmon Arm or Sycamus in, in the future of those the trail extensions and what those look like? Or can we help create routes on some of the amazing back roads in the North Okanagan, that Armstrong Salmon Arm River Road, other ones that get you into places you wouldn't normally see that are a little bit safer for bike riding? So I think we start seeing those connections around itinerary development and helping people move through. Uh, up and down the valley, again, depending on the community you come from, if you're in the lower mainland, getting in the car and driving an hour to go do one particular thing is not atypical for you. If you live in Langley and want to go go skiing, like, it doesn't matter where you're going. Like, you're in the car for, for an hour at least, right? Yeah. And so I think that's the context sometimes, too, is just understanding that from Kelowna to Lake Country or Kelowna to Vernon, you know, to head up to predator ridge or the rise or go to silver star or to go spend time cycling in cal lake park or ride the rail trail Mm -hmm. uh those aren't they're not it's not really far far away to go
0: well you can do a bunch of things in one day Um, it does bring up uh, an idea for a question uh, that i really want to make sure we, we cover before you leave Amenities. Sure. If you were to say to someone, and and you're trying to woo them to your region, Mm -hmm. what would be, say, top five things that you really must do while in Vernon? Because your tourism and business development. Yeah. This is your time to shine, John. Right. Okay.
1: Okay. So I think at a starting point, we have the most amazing variety of outdoor parks that you can access for any type of activity that you want to do so you're going to get on that so that's going to be from the rail trail to paddle boarding on cal lake to hiking we have this great canal trail that stretches all around vernon great story on that one which you should probably invite the mayor to talk about but essentially yeah there's a canal trail that goes all the way around okay um you know we have we have two really amazing golf courses, you know, that relate into there. So I think there's a component of that. And then certainly, Is predator
0: uh, considered your yep,
1: region? it's within, okay. it's within the city yeah. of Vernon municipal boundaries.
0: I, I tried to order a pizza one time from Predator, uh, from Vernon. They wouldn't come.
1: Yeah. And, so then, uh, it's on the pizza that's anyway, okay. Go ahead. Uh, they got a, they got a pizza shop up there. You can, sh- yeah. you can support no, local now. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Into there. Uh, you know, I think the broader context of what you can access again, we're a very outdoorsy type place. So, I mean, the, the broader Silver Star Telemark. Th- You know, that's really going to tie in. Well, we've got a fantastic downtown, a number of great shops and services, really unique uh, restaurants that kind of, you know, from uh, from wonderfully affordable and, and kitschy right through, you know, to fine dining and kind of and everything in between great bakeries, coffee shops, those types of things. You know, you want to be in Vernon on Fridays for donuts, you know, those types of things. So I think the the overall experience and quaintness of our downtown is a huge you know must do from that perspective so how long how have we got that is that, you're
0: doing pretty good okay um, what would be uh wineries because you haven't really touched on that is there a winery
1: yeah so i think uh this the starting point right now is we've got uh we've got cambium cidery within vernon so uh <laughs> recently name changed and of course it's going to escape me right here on the spot <laughs>
0: that's okay we're going to work from
1: it yeah so we've got that we've got one in armstrong farmstrong cider so we've got those two cideries right now really exciting for us, and this is like on the horizon. Marcus friend is invested in a 500 acre winery site uh, uh just above uh, Tronson Road so from um uh the Rise Golf Course heading heading west essentially wow. onto there. So uh unbelievable in terms of what that will bring. Uh what's been really interesting is you know you talk about data for marketing and what that's changing uh we've had a lot of agricultural activity that's happened on that particular sort of bench or on that particular hillside but it wasn't necessarily seen as a lot for wine in fact you know 50th the 50th parallel was commonly seen as like you don't pass this for more common area grapes into there uh his effort to go into there really talked about the number of degree days and it is so warm on that hillside so they're expecting to grow big reds a lot of whites and stuff they didn't normally think that we growing so hey is global warming helping with that probably are we going to benefit from from it absolutely uh he's going to be the first winery into there i expect we're going to start seeing more that comes into there so it's really exciting to have like that level of winery development that's going to go and so at the top of the hill uh, we're going to have two amazing. So Friend is going to have their fantastic wine education center, as well as restaurant up there probably within the next 10 years. Uh, and then the Rise Golf Course has got a fantastic new clubhouse that's underway. And those are going to provide views. So if you're going to go for a, hey, what views should we check out next summer? It's going to be the Rise Golf Course. If you haven't been to Sparkling Hill and Gertie's uh, restaurant there, unbelievable views from that side looking across.
0: Oh, and I have to share the, uh, the wicked uh, golf carts at uh, at the rides. So there's the special ones that have the cushy seats, stereos, horns. I don't know why the horn's on it. Yeah. But, uh,
1: are you talking like like horns, like cattle horns? Or are no, you talking like...
0: like you, it, it, it's beep, beep. Oh. On a golf course, which yeah. is quite uncommon. But these things were fast. It's great
1: for playing through, that's for sure.
0: Stereo. Yeah. It was the full... Like Chad said, no, no, no. no. These, these are...
1: Is that a Mick, uh, uh, Rick Madison level golf? Is that the expectation now?
0: Uh, well, let's just say that uh, I said, uh, you know, you want on the podcast. The golf carts help you get on the podcast.
1: Okay, good really. to know. I, I'm
0: not exactly sure what advantage I had with you today. Maybe I. Uh, is there a key to the city or something, uh,
1: Vernon? You know what? If you'd like to bring this on the road, if you'd like to come up to <sighs> Vernon, we can host you. Rick Madison on the road, season two.
0: Oh, crossing the boundaries, you crazy.
1: Pendra. Oh my goodness, we just saw an elf walk by <laughs> here. I did actually? December we is so close. <laughs>
0: Uh, John will have to back on the program uh, unless, of course, you know we get so much flow back from having somebody from Vernon on here but that's okay um, absolute pleasure as I knew it would be and uh, yeah good luck with business development tourism and all those wonderful things
1: well thanks Rick it's been exciting to be here I look forward to seeing what number we're at and hopefully uh, yeah welcome to season two
0: you gotta push on it you gotta get you gotta get there it's yeah and stuff.
1: oh my goodness this is an amazing first experience so thanks very much for having me